We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are one week away from the NFL draft, but it is time to start to process for your dynasty rookie drafts and what you should be thinking about doing with those picks. Maybe you're picking early in the round, maybe you're picking late in the round, but what should you be doing? What strategies maybe should you be employing to be able to get the most out of these rookie startup drafts? It will be happening, some of them some of them happening immediately following the NFL draft coming up here. So exciting times. For those rookie picks, restock those rosters, build up your your team and, and get excited about having these young guys around. Speaking of the young guys that will be getting drafted, Sean, we did have Pat Corain on the Monday and Wednesday podcast. We talked through the running back position. We talked through wide receivers. We talked through tight ends. Pat is one of our absolute favorites in the fantasy space. Obviously, also check out his new website, which is legendaryupside.com. Sean was on his podcast with him last week, but Sean, Pat is always one of the absolute best to have on and uh, delighted to have him on this week. I would recommend anyone who hasn't heard those shows yet to, to jump back over and check those out. We will have Scott Barrett coming up on the early podcast next week, right ahead of the NFL draft to discuss the prospects as well. But we had a fun week, Sean. Uh, awesome having Pat on. It's going to be awesome to have Scott on as well. Yeah, I messaged Pat afterward and just said thanks and how much fun I had had and I mean I always look forward to having fun with Pat and not only does he never disappoint but he's even more fun than I'm expecting each time and so and just an incredible amount of good info so we had a blast there we appreciate him and yeah I mean Colin we're, we're one week away now so I'm getting pretty fired up got some rookie content on the site that was a lot of fun to put together quite a few detailed stats in there that I think help paint a picture and, and help us understand these prospects. The first round, especially their first seven, eight picks preloaded. Then you've got a tier that in some ways is disappointing. If you're wanting a huge impact from say 109 to 205. But one of the reasons that we talk all the time about getting these extra picks. And one of the reasons that you and I traded a future two for a current three, four, five, is that you go from about you know 206 to you know 311-ish, 
And I mean, those guys are very, very similar, at least pre-draft. Now we're going to have some separation. We're going to have some players rise as we see good landing spots and maybe day two picks where we know the NFL or at least our particular team is very high on them. We'll have a few guys fall potentially even out of the draft entirely, but picked in round six, round seven, maybe not into a good situation. So it may not look quite as loaded a week from now, but I mean, you look at some of these fantasy drafts that are ongoing. I know Curtis has some leagues where they draft before the NFL draft. I'm in a league with Scott Barrett, who, as you mentioned, we're going to have next week. He's always fantastic. That's a, a pre-NFL draft team. And I actually got an email from someone a couple days ago saying, you know, you're on the clock. I saw like, no idea that, that draft was going on. But I logged in. It's 211. I see Israel Abanakanda there. and Just hit that as fast as you can. You're running up to, to turn your card in. So, yeah, we're into the rookie draft festivities. This is such a great time of year. And Colin, today we're going to go over some dynasty questions that relate to team construction, trade opportunities, but also the rookie draft as well and how we kind of mix those pieces in together. Yeah, and before we get into that, Sean, you mentioned a couple of things there that I want to go back to. Um the relaxation of realizing you're on the clock and then going in and a player that you would absolutely want to have at that pick when you weren't aware versus the experience of seeing that second round tickle along, tickle along, tickle along. And you're like, I need him to follow me. Just two more picks, just one more pick. You got the, the nice relaxation uh, experience of uh, just logging in and he's sitting there and you just take him. So that worked out pretty well for you. A reminder as well, just thinking we'll have to see what happens when Scott is on this week. Last year we had him on around the nfl draft sean that was the fire alarm podcast is what i remember it as because <laughs> the fire alarm in his apartment block kept going off so that was a fun one to record and speaking of podcasts sean sean and ben were back as well this week with some stealing bananas so if you haven't had that in your rotation as they had a little break post super bowl check those out once you've finished up here and of course you finished up listening to pat you finished up all the road of his podcast check those out as always this is a perfect time to plug a quick review drop us a written interview in your favorite podcast app we always appreciate that spotify recently taking in the ability to leave podcast reviews as well so if you use spotify and you haven't been able to do it in the past perfect opportunity to, to jump in drop us a review but sean the first question is going to come in here from ben and he says hey rotavis appreciate all the help and content over the years i'm in a good position in one league where i was originally an expansion team and I am hoping to finally compete this year. So the bigger topic that we are going to discuss is this next part of the question. He says it's a 10-team league, Superflex. Again, we try and focus on the team. We want to get as much details in these questions, but we also want to focus on the, the meat of the conversation, and that is he is the 101 and the 102 in his current rookie draft. He traded J.K. Dobbins for the pick before he tore his ACL. Pending the real NFL draft, shaking things up, he said he's particularly locked in on taking Bijan at one and Gibbs or JSN at two. So he has shared his roster, Sean, below. And I am going to mention some of the players on it because he's mentioned both Bijan, Gibbs, or JSN, obviously non-quarterback players in a super flex format. You mentioned a couple of weeks ago that probably still the right way to go because of the value that they will have long-term, but he mentions the roster, but getting into it, he has Lamar Jackson, he has Tua, he has Kirk Cousins, he has Gardner Minshew. So he has quarterback depth there. The reason I'm setting this up is I always think that when you have the quarterback depth and you're in a rookie draft and you have the 101 and the 102, I 
I'm thinking about where to allocate this draft capital. So rather than being the 101 and the 102 and saying, let's go get Bijan Gibbs or JSN, there's also the third option, Sean, which is to trade back. And I think a lot of people will think we're locked in. This is where we're going. But you will be able to look around your league. You'll be able to see the players and the teams that really need that quarterback help. And there may be some people in a league like this that are willing to trade up to try and get the quarterback. He did mention he has had one league mate offer him Tony Pollard for the 101, which he doesn't think is enough. I would also agree with that. We'll get Sean's take on that in a moment. We'll get Sean's take on that now, Sean. First up, one word answer, yes or no. The 101 for Tony Pollard. No. Correct answer. Then we move on to the second part of the question, which is having the 101 and the 102 is obviously a huge asset at this point of the year. There's the opportunity to trade now. There's the opportunity to wait here on the clock and trade. There's, in my opinion, with having those four quarterbacks without looking at the rest of the roster, which is pretty stacked with the likes of Jonathan Taylor, Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts, is Calvin Ridley coming back from suspension. I mentioned the quarterback, Sean. I didn't mention even Trey Lance, who lots of rumors about this week. Malik Willis is there as well. So this team, and obviously this is a 10-team league, so there's more availability for quarterbacks based on the overall squad. 101 and 102, are you i'm immediately fielding offers to see if i can move back to the 105 for example the 103 what's your thoughts here with those picks in terms of taking the player or trying to get a haul and then take what's available a couple of picks back as you mentioned it's important not to get too locked in and to have some flexibility with that now if those are players that you have really high ratings on and and i say that from the perspective of if you're high compared to where most people have them, because most people are pretty high, especially on Robinson, but also on the other two players. If you feel like you're also above the market at those levels, then, you know, there's no need to move off of it with this particular team. And a lot of other managers are going to be in a similar situation where they've gotten to these picks through a variety of paths. And maybe the team is good. One of the things here is this is an amazingly good team to have the one one in what appears at least the way it's been sent to us in a non trade situation. It looks like the trade allowed him to get the one Oh two as well. Now, as you mentioned, it's a 10 team league. And so there is going to be more depth and more firepower for everyone. It's going to take a better team to win than it does in 12 team. And yet this team has good depth, at quarterback, good depth, at running back, good depth at wide receiver, good depth at tight end. I say good depth, but it also has an elite starter at all of those positions. And so there's no pressure to take any particular player. So then you go back and look at where you are with those guys at the very top. And I think that unless you need to make a move, you probably want to take Robinson at the one-on-one. I think it's going to be a really exciting player to have. He's going to score a lot of points. And I think he's the kind of player where you can make the pick and the flexibility going out into the future remains unless he's dramatically worse than expected at the beginning or gets hurt. Otherwise, you're going to maintain that value. Now, when you move to the other picks, a little bit of the value there is just the flexibility because you're going to have some managers who want JSN, some who want Gibbs, and a lot who want the quarterbacks. Now, the quarterback scarcity issue is probably not going to be a significant in 10 team, and so you may not have quite... The market? Yeah, I just people aren't going to be as panicked as they try and push up there. So you need to know your league and get a feel for it. In most leagues, you get a very strong sense that managers are looking at the 102, 103, 104 as probable 
QB selections. And so if you're looking at JSN, if you're looking at Gibbs, you're probably, especially if you can move down one pick at a time, which is easier said than done. But if you can move down one pick at a time and uh, there's no pressure on you to select until one of the two guys is gone, if you are interested in both of them. And so you could theoretically move down to the 106. And if it's individual trades, I mean, that could stockpile your reserves for years based on each of those individual trades. So that would be the way to look at it, to think about it. But you have to know your particular league. If you're forced to move down multiple spots, which sometimes the only managers who are really interested in making that move are several slots down, you have to be willing to take a different player if your guys go off the board, if you guess wrong. You know, if you guess, if you move from the 102 to the 105 and QBs are not the picks, then you've got to be ready to make a different selection. But this draft is so much fun because of that quarterback dynamic and the opportunity to move down if you're in some of those slots. Yeah, no, you made a good point, obviously, being a, a 10 team league. The one thing about this specific one answering for Ben is, you know, with the depth that he has, he has potentially six of the starting 32 quarterbacks so the 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 thing with the 10 team league is not all teams are going to be able to have that depth either so it may may be a little bit interesting but i think yeah the conversation i was having about trading back probably working a little bit better in a, a 12 team or above league but it's a nice position to be in to have those picks i think the the probability even if you want to play it safe and you want to get robinson for example with the the 101 you do have the potential to to move that 102 or a couple of picks back and and pick up and when we get into like conversations around uh, perpetual reloading keeping those championship windows opened i understand the question here was about being competitive this year but it's to be competitive every single year and um, when we look through this 2023 the picks on this particular roster the 101 the 102 then it's the 309 the 401 the 403 and the 501 so no second round pick we get in then to the the late third round here with the additional picks but 2024 we're into the second round 2024 third round fourth round fifth round 2025 then all picks remain we have obviously in this situation traded away the 2024 first round pick and like sean was saying trading back and depending on how the trades work out you may be able to can you know start to stockpile some picks for next year to build up that depth to be able to continue to to reload the depth and the the strengths off this roster. I think, Sean, there are some of the things that, that people may overlook. And I know it's something that I, I try and highlight as much as we can on the show. Maybe I highlight it too often, but I think trading back and looking to those future years, and even if it is picking up a 2024 second along the way to to bolster that depth, it, it is something that's really needed for the, the perpetual reload. It just gives you so much flexibility. I think... It's just so easy to get in the mindset of I've only got a certain number of roster spots or I don't think the depth of a draft is going to drop that far. In one of our leagues recently, Colin, we saw a trade go through where it was a round five pick traded for like four later selections. And people are going to say, well, I mean, the round five pick is irrelevant and like the three sixth round and the seventh round picks are irrelevant. But again, depending on your format, how many roster spots are available, if veterans are in the pot or in the pool, it can pretty dramatically affect that. And you want to be able to select four players 
and have four shots at the flyer as opposed to just one. You never know who's going to have a guy they like there at that point either. And you're thinking, well, I mean, how realistic is it for anybody to have somebody they like in round six, round seven? In the FFPC format that we discuss quite frequently, players in round six and round seven have gone on to make an impact and determine titles. That's something that you always want to be aware of, even if you already have a lot of picks yourself, because the flexibility of having it, and if nothing else, blocking other players in your league from having those guys as you go down into training camp. You look at the top 200-ish players, 250, you get a lot of movements in that 200 to 250 area. The guys who jumped up to 160, 170, those are interesting guys to have. And so we want to continue to build depth at all levels throughout the team and through all years. It keeps you from being hit by an injury or two and suddenly you're out for that year, but also with the injured guys, it sets you back for the future year. It knocks down the trade values. You don't want to have that risk of guys getting hurt and guys getting old all the time. We want to create as much value as possible. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Second question, Sean, comes in from Jeremy, and he, again, long-time Rotovis sub. We always appreciate long-time listeners, long-time Rotovis subscribers. Thank you for that, Jeremy. He said he needs some trade help and not sure which direction to go. And this is flipping it, Sean, to the other extreme. We have a 14-team PPR Superflex with a 1.5 tight end premium format with extremely large benches, so the waiver wire is non-existent. So where are some options on the previous 10-team league? Maybe a wealth of options potentially on the waiver wire. Your squad may look stronger overall. 14 teams will uh, squeeze you a little bit. So it's a six-point passing touchdown. Start one QB, two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, three flex positions, and one super flex. So obviously, again, possibility of four non-quarterback flexes if you go that direction. But he has Josh Allen, Kirk Cousins, Dante Foreman, Chase Edmonds, Jamar Chase, CeeDee Lamb, Jalen Waddle, his Garrett Wilson, TJ Hawkinson, Kyle Pitts. So a a lot of our favorites, Sean, rolled into this roster, but he does mention after that a bunch of fodder on the bench, probably with the best. Sean, it's tough when this may be the best option. Uh, best possibly being Alan Robinson. Obviously, got a trade this week, uh, so we'll see what happens there. But yeah, not a great option is Eno. I would have thought the best option is KJ Hamler, who he has there. So not a lot of depth he mentioned on his bench. No picks until the 311. Um, so there's lots of 
challenges here. He mentions he has all of his 2024 picks. He has got to the playoffs both years, third and fourth in the last two years, tops points or uh, second overall point scorer, but looking to see some of the directions that he could potentially go this year. So overall, Sean, the one thing I'll say is the the de- the, the starting roster outside of running back, and I know we like Foreman and Chase Edmonds, but you know, I think there is possible upgrades there, but wide receiver, tight end, lots of great strength. But he does mention about extremely large benches and the waiver wire being non-existent. With the options that he has on the bench, we are really focused here on the, the starting lineup. What are you thinking when you see a roster that has some of the, the key cornerstones here, like a Jamar Chase or CD Lamb, some ascending players like Wilson, then there's Hawkinson and Pitts in there. There's Josh Allen, who's obviously hugely valuable uh, in super flex formats and in dynasty. So, when we look at that, then we see the bench. Are you thinking, let's keep the starting lineup loaded? Or are you thinking about, what if we move some of those true superstars to be able to you know, evolve the depth of the roster and, and build it out that way, especially with the, the lack of, of picks as well in this year's draft to, to fill out that bench? It's tricky with the lack of picks. And if trades have also been difficult, then, I mean, it, at some point, you're a little bit stuck and reliant on the whims of your league mates. 14 team leagues are interesting because, as you mentioned, there's not a lot of depth. And this team is so loaded in the starting lineup that partly I think what you're going to hope is that the guys stay healthy. Because you had two more teams, the teams get thinner, it's going to be more difficult to win your title any given year. When your starting lineup is this powerful, and he mentions Brees Hall going down, I think we make the assumption that he's still on this team. And if that's the case, then once he comes back for the regular season or you know, if he misses a couple games, I'm, I'm hopeful that he's going to be ready right away. But if you miss a couple games, miss a month, once he's there, I mean, this team has so many of the very top players that it's difficult for me to imagine too many teams in a 14-team league being able to compete on a weekly basis. So partly you're going to be patient. Partly if you have injuries in season, you're going to try and work through those. And you've got to keep track of of where you are and how likely you are to still get that by, how likely you are to make the playoffs. But one of the things that you can do is try and move the guys who get injured in season because in a 14-team league as well, you're going to have teams that simply are not competitive. They're going to be rebuilding. And it can be tough because I think that the instinct is that, well, once my guy gets hurt, then he doesn't have as much value at that point. You want to work with the league members to really articulate the fact that if they trade for an injured guy and they're rebuilding, it helps them because that player is not going to actually score points in their lineup and push them away from where they want to be in terms of, I mean, you want to be, if you're not competitive, you want to be able to get top picks without tanking, right? You don't want to do things that hurt the integrity of the league. And trading for injured players and weakening your roster without taking the step of flat-out benching guys who are good and healthy, which you don't want to do, that's beneficial. So there are a lot of ways in which if you can move an injured player, especially in these leagues where you just have to do something to get starting lineup scoring, I think that that is a way to go. But Colin, the thing that you and I have done with a team that had a very good starting lineup and really decent depth as well, but didn't have a ton of picks, wasn't incredibly young. I mean, it's young, but 
you look at the running back positions and those guys are more second tier players other than deandre swift and we've been little by little making small trades to increase the depth and build out the roster so the trade that we talked about on the most recent dynasty reanimator show was moving jalen waddle which is on this team for jerry judy and Traylon burks we get a two for one neither of those players are as high ceiling as waddle there's risk with both of them but that's the kind of trade you have to make you have to be willing to take on some risk in order to get two players who might eventually be at that same type of level so if you look on this team you could do that with waddle who does have some risks himself and then he struggled to stay healthy he doesn't do the contested catch thing very well i mean that phrase is going to come up a lot in the next week talking about receivers and you know whether or not they can go make those plays you want to keep in mind that it's very possible to score a lot of points still if the guy is talented enough because waddle go out goes out there and doesn't make too many of those plays and yet he's still a big time scorer he's got the tour risk so there are a lot of risks associated with him to where if you get a good package, you want to go ahead and take that, even though you're not necessarily actively looking to move him. I think that Hawkinson in some ways is in that same position where he's coming off of such a hot stretch with the Vikings that even though he's got a pretty good window now where he should score for you and is in a decent situation, his trade value may never get higher. And so when you also have Kyle Pitts... <laughs> You can make the decision to move Pitts too, right? Because some of the things that we saw last year are likely to be at least mild concerns, maybe for years. And if Desmond Ritter is the QB and is good, not great, I mean, does Pitts ever get back to where we were thinking? Now, you can't trade him for the value that he had at this time a year ago, but you can still trade him for pretty good packages. A lot of managers who are willing to take a risk on a wider range of outcomes guy and willing to take a guy who could a year from now be back to that point where he's really the only tight end who sticks in the first round of startups so you want to look at players where there's risk but there's also market you don't want to necessarily focus on guys where making the move is only going to weaken your team and as we talked sort of throughout these shows column you want to look for opportunities to arise and not necessarily push on them. we had an interesting trade offer this week where we received a query about Tua for Brock Purdy and the 110. Now, since that's happened, even Tua has talked a little bit about how the offseason, not necessarily was tough, but just that there were some things that he had to work through both for himself and with his family and that he does want to play. And while some people are going to be nervous about the fact that he referenced retirement he says some very positive things about how important football is to him and to his family and how he wants to be out there playing as his child grows up so he can see him in that role and you know, know what dad does, all those kinds of things. And we know that our professions are very big for our identities and that identity stretches not just to ourselves, but to our personal community, families, friends, that type of thing. And so, I mean, the main thing that you think when you hear someone talk like that is just, Number one, you remember that they're real people. And number two, I mean, you're rooting for them so hard they can make it through this clean because there are very high stakes for football players who are suffering concussions. So we hope that that works out very much for the best. When you look at it purely from this football trade perspective, Purdy does seem like he's going to be the guy for next year with the 49ers. And he will score some fantasy points, although it doesn't seem like a case where it's very likely that he ever gets to a level like 
Tua got to for times last year. I mean, you think about Tua and where he is now and contrast that with midseason last year where, I mean, there were a lot of times on teams where I had both Joe Burrow and Tua that it was a difficult choice on who you're going to start that week. And Burrow now, obviously a top five pick in Dynasty Superflex startups, Tua not to that price because of what happens down the stretch. But when you're thinking about the range of outcomes and thinking about what you might want to get for Tua, getting a low-end QB, and we want to always stockpile QBs. One of the first things that we did in this league is get from two QBs to three QBs, and obviously one of those guys for us was Sam Howell. Now, there are going to be scenarios in which actually we're still at two because Howell doesn't play. But in order to build that QB depth, you've got to take some of those in. So we want to build the QB depth. We're willing to move QBs because we have some QB depth, but we want to get the right value. I mentioned at the beginning of the show that once you get to that 110 area, it's a little bit more like just having a straight second round pick. Now, again, that could change with the actual draft. There are going to be some guys where once you see the spot, you're like, man, I've got to have them. And maybe you're actually moving up from 202, 203 to get to that 110. So it does have value. Anytime that you have the optionality of picking as opposed to having to wait, as you mentioned, where you, know, you get on the clock and you're, oh, my guy fell to me. Well, we're looking at the 110, and we made a counter that included exactly those pieces and then a couple of other very small moves for us, something where we wanted the counter to stick within the same framework. We wanted it to be fair, but we weren't quite comfortable with that price yet. So again, as we think about specific guys who could be moved, but then also how you want to construct these trades. When I'm looking at this roster and I see Kirk Cousins, he's somebody that we've been trying to move. You want to let people kind of know that at the same time, you're not necessarily looking for the first Kirk Cousins trade that comes or simply moving Cousins because you think that you have to move him. It's just so important to stick with guys, even if you're lukewarm on them, if the right trade doesn't materialize. It could be a situation here with Josh Allen where someone's thinking, okay, they've made all these statements where he's not going to run as much. And so managers who have him may be looking to get out. Now they're still going to want a big package, but maybe those comments sort of grease the wheels a little bit for at least discussion. And it's not great if you have Josh Allen and they've made those statements. At the same time, you want to be in a context where people feel comfortable discussing Allen with you. It may be something where you're still very surprised at just how much you can get. And moving Josh Allen at this point allows you to build out your team for you know, a three, four, five-year window that has more depth, spreads the risk around, brings back players you really enjoy, and just reinvigorates the unit. So if you're in a situation where trades are difficult, you don't have early picks in this draft, you want to exhaust all possibilities as you think through potential trade options. Yeah, and even getting into what's it been a 14-team league, the opposite of what we talked about with the 10-team league, even somebody like a Josh Allen who is incredibly hard to acquire in a 12-team league, you may even get a better return from him in that 14-team setup. But the other part, John, is um, Waddle, who you mentioned. One of the trades we did do recently was trade at Waddle for Judy and Traylon Burke. So that mightn't be something that's available to you in your particular league, but again, you can add depth by moving on one of those potential wide receivers and you know continue to, to give strengths it is nice and you mentioned the 14 team league and having that uh, you know a lot of elite options in your starting lineup but 
once you pick up an injury or two and once you get into those bye weeks that is a, a real challenge so something there for you to think about Jeremy when we went through the team there we always do try as I mentioned to talk about it from the larger view for everyone that's listening and what it might be able to be taken into their league for the strategy element but hopefully we have helped go through the uh, overall team and you can trade Alan Robinson away as well um, when you're doing those trades if you if you would like to do that um, but that is going to finish us up for today's show I'm going to mention before we finish up you can of course sign up over at Rotovision and get yourself a 10% discount Sean mentioned his article at the start of today's show it is going to be in the show notes below if you want to sign up you're able to read that you can use the code RVRADIO2023 at checkout to get yourself a 10% discount when signing up perfect time Sean so much content coming out over the next couple of weeks with the NFL draft and then into the season and then you're flying all the way through to your championship to, to win it at the end of the season so exciting times everything kicking off at the same time but we finished it up Sean that's another three shows of Road of His OT this week you also had two stealing bananas so a busy podcast week for you Sean anything any final notes as we close up here for another week well just that it has been so much fun to do the shows with travis and pat looking forward to doing the show with scott and you mentioned that we're back with stealing bananas a couple of fun long shows this week kind of going through the afc and the nfc but colin we're also going to have bonus show over the weekend and a show early next week looking at prospects and getting set up for some great draft content hopefully a live show on day two so if you're checking out and trying to figure out what you want to listen to this weekend hopefully we'll have a stealing bananas up there for you awesome awesome stuff so excited for that excited to get more shows up and then excited sean snook sneaked in there a little bit of a potential live show over on youtube for the day two so that's news to me as well so excited to hear that i'll have to stay up late and, and tune in from from over here to, to hear that but that is us three shows down back next week to do it all again thank you for tuning in make sure you hit that subscribe button we really appreciate all the support as you be with us here throughout the offseason into the draft season and then into the NFL season. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Over to Marlin. My co-host, as always, is Sean Siegel. Check out Sean's work up on rotaviz.com. And until we are back, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. <laughs>